Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, Seminole Headlines. Headliner questions coming your way in just a moment. As always, we get the hour started by thanking Dr. Birch and Birch Orthodontics. We always appreciate their support. Today's no different, damn it. Just like any other day. I'm going to see Dr. Birch tomorrow, and unfortunately, I'm going to see Dr. Birch again on Wednesday, or, or Wednesday and Thursday. That's how it's going to work, buddy. Why is that? Oh, well, back-to-back. It's back-to-back days. One for one kid, one for oh, the other. Okay. That's the only time we could do it. And uh, I say unfortunately, I love seeing Dr. Birch. I just don't need to see her nor her see me two days in a row. <laughs> That's just not what we do, but we had to do it that way. School for one kid, not the other. Tomorrow's the last day for one. The other one's already out, so we did our stuff. That, that's what's going to happen. And you know what I know? I know that it's going to all be good. Everything's going to work out fine. It's a nice little checkup. All's good. It's always good at Birch Orthodontics. That's true. They do tremendous work, latest technology. Uh, they will do what, uh, really complicated cases. Like my one of my kids had a really complicated case. The other two were much easier. Uh, but BirchOrthodontics.com is the website. Try to set up a free consultation. They've got payment plans. Uh, just do tremendous work, and they're great people, and you won't mind going in their back-to-back days like Jeff Cameron does. Most people <laughs> actually request it. Oh, uh, can, but, I, can I see you again tomorrow? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Birch Orthodontics is uh, where you need to go. All right. So, you know, by the way, and I, I kind of blew it because we got off to a rocky start today. Uh, I'll take responsibility for that. But let me, let me just say, I forgot that since we last all got together, the three of us together like this, we haven't celebrated, and I know celebrated is a weird word for journalists to use in this situation, the uh, the Keon Coleman get, buddy. That's mm. true. That was, uh, that it, was, that was, was it, was it, it was while I was at Amelia Island, right? Was it the day you guys Tuesday did that night? Tuesday night or Wednesday, yeah. Right. right. And big, big I know get. Corey wrote about it, and I talked about it, and we did a video about it, and certainly you've mentioned it as well. I'm just saying, man, it's a big thing to do. Florida State's now, well, like, scary. Remember, Ira wasn't even on the show last week, so it's, and he left early the week before, so it's been a minute since the three of us were together. It, you could tell we didn't know how to act. I almost walked That's out. That's why the Rocky I almost, start happened. I almost walked out after the first 10 minutes today. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> yeah, Ira was done. people were questioning your commitment to the program. They wondered, had there been an impasse, creative differences? Because when you storm out of the room in the middle of an episode yeah. two weeks yeah. ago and you don't show up the following week, Rumors get started, Ira. That's how rumors That's how get start. started. 
There's nothing to worry about, people. Nothing I to quelled worry about. Him. I thought I quelled him pretty well last week when people were, uh, were asking. All right. I, I'm glad he's here today. Seems to be doing well. Once we gathered, got our feet together, we were good to go. We're all solid. Once they got Keon Coleman, he's like, all right, I'll go back. Well, we'll but, yes, some- that, was, that was a very good – it's a very big pickup for the Knowles. Well, and, and there are going to be some questions about Coleman in the chat. I just happened to oh, notice okay. this right. on the in the Facebook and the Twitter. I'm like, oh, I forgot. We haven't really, as a trio, assessed that pickup just yet. Uh, Brandon O. writes, where would you rate Sander Cox's game in all-time FSU sports performances? First question that we got from Twitter. I was wondering. I was going to ask you, Corey, because there's a thread on the Tribal Council uh, saying basically where it ranked all-time, and I was – you guys have a much better historical perspective than I do. Like the Buster one in that regional stood out to me because I mean, I've been covering Florida state for 20 years, but I wasn't as invested as you guys were before that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it goes like does Jesse Warren's catch just in the softball. Jesse Warren's higher, right? It wasn't a, it wasn't a whole game performance, but but one moment, but also doesn't the stakes though matter more? Like where, where, where was Jesse Warren's catch? In Oklahoma City. Oh, it was. In the game one of the – you were there. It was game one of the What's championship it? series. You were in attendance, What is sir? the matter with you? I, I'm getting concerned. You, you, you were there. But it wasn't when the game was on the line. It kind of matters. It was the seventh inning of a one to nothing game, and they were trying to butter are the you second. Sure? And yes. if she dives and doesn't get it, Ira, it's first and second, nobody stand else. Stand down, Ira. This was a more important play at FSU's lore. Softball. What do you think? It was a, a Monday. It was like it was a, a Wednesday against April Mercer. against Louisville. I thought it was like in a regional or also. I, no, man, I totally no. forgot it was out there. Yes, it was yeah, out it was there. It was Oklahoma on national City. television. Were you out there too? Number one. Nope. I was in a Chili's watching it. I was but, at my house jumping so off the Ira, couch. So Ira's not the best person to ask this question. Yeah, man. <laughs> Clearly, dude. I I don't remember anything. Oh my! I goodness. would say um, when you think about the stakes. So if you just make it postseason or a game that gets you to postseason, I don't know. We can't. I can't rank them. I mean, I, mean, I would put it below. Charlie against Florida in 93. I mean, you know, you're play- yeah. that got Florida State to a national championship game. We don't even know where this softball team will end up, and so it's really hard to rank. Snares three but, at man, Duke. Yeah. I mean, I would still – I don't know, man. I Look, and it's awesome that it was a perfect game, but there are a lot of shutouts yeah. in softball. It was it was, it was, was kind of Kat Sandercock being, doing what she always does, which is being awesome, but I still don't know if I'd put it – above some of those other ones. Yeah, I, I have a hard time with it, too. It's a sub-regional. It's not a super-regional. Yeah. It's not to get you Keep to the breaking college. breaking out the sub-regional yeah, talk. Just, oh, yeah. In 2023. It's a there sub-regional. haven't been sub-regionals in 30 years. They're all sub-regionals. Sub-re- There's subs, supers, no, World Series. They're regionals That's what you and got. supers. That's all you That's got. That's how Jeff's always lived his life. That's He's what lived it his is. life like that. I walk around going, look at this sorry-ass sub-regional out here. <laughs> it's a sub-regional. <laughs> doesn't mean a damn thing. Uh, anyhow, and if they had lost two years in a row in the sub-regional, I'd have been really pissed. When you broke into the business, Lee Bowen was like, son, this is a sub-regional. Yeah, this is a yeah, sub-regional yeah, right here. And, and you're uh, never you're never adapting. I'm not. But it was awesome. It was really, it was really, it, it was really cool to see. It was a really awesome moment for a really – Really good player. It, that that is correct. That's a good way of saying it. We do live in a in a time where we want to exalt right. and vault everything towards the top of a list. We don't have to do it. I like Corey being the vo- the voice of reason in this topic. It never happens. This is a guy that will <laughs> hype anything yeah. as the greatest yeah. moment in the history of humanity. And here he is, like yeah. guys, can we settle the hell down? It's a We're great moment. Cowens off of Mount Rushmore. Cat <laughs> Sandercock's face is going up after that <laughs> performance. Matthew writes, hello, gentlemen. Thanks, as always, for the great content. 
week in and week out. After Keon Coleman committed, I texted a friend that our opponents will need to score at least 28 points to even have a shot of being in the game. So let's say the race is to 30 every week. I'm not super confident in our defense this year, but I'm less confident in our scheduled opponents' offenses and their personnel. Is there anybody on our schedule outside of LSU that you believe is capable of scoring 30-plus points against us this year? Yeah, Clemson. Yeah, and the problem with Clemson, again, it's just, again, you're you're not – you don't know that your offense is going to play that well up there. A lot of times, teams don't. Um, so the race may what, not be to 30 there. What's cool about the addition of Coleman, though, I was thinking about this before we started the show, was that, um, you know, it 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 lengthens uh, – that's probably not the right word to use – your margin of error. It, you don't have to be even – you don't have to have a, even a A-minus game or a B-plus game to win most of these games because your offense – could and should overwhelm so many defenses that even if you don't play particularly well on defense, or maybe even Jordan Travis isn't that sharp, you still should be in the mid-30s. You you should go into every game outside of two, maybe Florida at the end of the year. We'll see what they are. But the two big ones in September, every other game, you should go into that game with, a, with 35 points. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 34 to 35 points, even if you don't play all that well. That's how good I think this offense will be. And you haven't had that in a while. Does that make sense? Am I, did I explain yeah. that well? No, I mean, it's, yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. It's a big deal. And and I think the defense is, is fine. Um, yeah. I'm not nearly as concerned but it, about it the only defense. Has to, if you yeah. have an, a top five offense in a top 25 defense, buddy, that's a recipe to be playing on New Year's. Well, not New Year's, whatever they – Whenever the playoffs are now, December 19th, who knows when they are, but that's a good recipe to have. Yeah, I I think the schedule is hugely beneficial to Florida State. I think I agree with what we heard from uh, Matthew there in the question that most of the teams are not capable of scoring 30 plus. But there's two teams right right now that you would pick. There'll probably be a team that rises up that we always say there's a team that's going to be worse than we think they're going to be. And there's a team that'll be better than we think they're going to be. A third team out there where you'd maybe posit that they could score 30. But listen, again, I think early on against LSU and in the fourth game against Clemson, if Florida State's defense is showing you that they can stop the run, which was a problem against good teams last year. It wasn't like teams just lined up and chucked it all over the lot. The teams that really had success throwing were teams that came out running the ball successfully. Florida ran the ball really well against Florida State this year. Oklahoma ran the ball well early against Florida State. And it was against the – Defensive front that was pretty banged up. Yeah, and so we saw that year ago. So if you're a guy who has to be you know, in the camp of wait and see, I get that. But there's real reason for Iris' confidence, for example, that the interior of the defensive line is going to be worlds better just by being healthy and deeper. And I think that is true. Now, I mean, there are other areas of concern, but I, I feel pretty good about that. And I do think Florida State's going to boat race a lot of teams on this schedule. I know this sounds cocky, but, you know, listen, they blew out seven teams a year ago. Uh, before they had fully realized what their offensive potential was. And this schedule kind of sets up for them to blow out at least seven again, at least seven, maybe more. There's some games where this gets into the Jordan Travis Heisman talk. How much is he going to play in the second half of a lot of these games? I I, I don't know. Uh, Good day, gents, writes Marlon. I know everyone is in love with the SEC, especially since we are in the South. But if if it was solely about money and winning championships, the Big Ten could give us more money. Wouldn't you choose them? and a much better shot at being in a 12-team playoff year in and year out than, say, the SEC? I don't think it gives you that much better a chance. I mean, if the, if Florida State and Clemson join the Big Ten, well, then you're still playing Clemson every year. You might be playing Michigan and Ohio State. 
USC. I mean, that's a hard schedule in itself. And I wrote this in the in the roundtable. Is uh, am I supposed to say that, or am I supposed to pretend we all sit there around a roundtable and talk? And it's no, like you, can say, you, you can, can say it. You can say you wrote it. You can say you wrote it. Okay, all right. Um, but we do sit around a table and talk, and yeah. then uh, Gene, um, Gene transcribes, transcribes it. it. Gene, it's a Gene lot of typing. It. A lot of typing. Um, that if so, I don't care if the Big Ten gives Florida State an extra five or seven million dollars. It doesn't go into our pocket, and the experience for the fans. Is would be so much more benefit. They they would love the SEC so much more that you can you can say no thanks to an extra five million dollars. You would still be very very competitive on a national stage. Clearly, if you're in the SEC and your fans can get to the games and the weather is better. Yeah, I don't think it, to me it's not a it's not a trying to get every penny out of wherever you can go. It's about being competitive. Can you be? I'd be fine with them staying in the ACC if they could stay competitive financially. They just can't. In fact, I'd right. probably prefer it, but you can't. So you got to pick one of those other ones if you can get in there. And, you know, at that point, if you're choosing between the two, yeah, the SEC's, I think, the obvious choice. Initially, I, I want to dig down. I don't think you'd prefer it, Ira. Oh, I, I think would. you've been away from the SEC so long that you don't remember what it's like to go into those stadiums. Like, I know you, you don't love Snuggy Hill. You don't love Boston College. I mean, imagine instead of going to Boston College, you're going to Ole Miss. I'm going to like hear the cowbells. Well, here's the thing, man. Like that, that's cool enough, but it's also cool to go to cool cities. Like Starkville's not all that great, Corey. It's not a what? great town. How how dare you? So how dare you? I'm not trying to insult our new or- overlords. You're the ripping SEC. Stark <laughs> Vegas on the show already. Goodness but gracious! All I'm saying is, I think they're the because I can't speak out of both sides of my mouth. When when Jimbo is leaving and he kind of trashed Florida State on the way out. One of the things I said was, man, you did you never respect you never appreciated the fact that you had the talent base in Florida and you got to play in the ACC. And I yeah. think there's a benefit to that. There's a competitive advantage compared oh, to absolutely. what he's facing in the SEC. So, you know, I I could see where it makes sense to stay in the ACC if you could, you just can't financially. I just like as college football fans we all all are. It's just so much more fun to go into a full stadium with fans that care, where there's not a fair right next door and people are leaving at halftime or don't know what the score is. That's what that's what's always bothered me the most, I guess, about the ACC. Uh, afternoon, gents, writes Walter. Register sausage dogs with peppers and onions at the mm. Plex this Thursday and Friday night. Can any of you nice. name another Noel other than Kepka that has had a Sandercock performance? Thanks, Corey, like Cat did on Sunday. Yeah, I called his performance Sandercockian yeah. on Wake Up or Champ. Yeah, it uh, was, because I wanted to be the first and only podcast that would compare Brooks's performance to a college softball players. Um, and no, man, he's by far. Azinger won what two? Did Azinger win two majors? I think Azinger won one major. Um, Hubert Green won two. Mm-hmm. Somebody won two. Somebody in the annals won two. But uh, no, yeah. man, and it's really look. I don't know what kind of dude Brooks Kepke is. I don't know anything about the guy. But I thought he was done playing golf at a competitive level. I think he might have thought he was done. And it's really cool to see somebody battle back like that and become arguably the best player in the world again out of when when he almost it seemed like he was ready to almost never be competitive again. That's a cool story. And it happened quickly. Yeah, I think that story is always universally cool if a, if a person a is, story. is derailed story, by yeah. significant injury and they get back to the top. It is. Uh, at Ira Chaffel, Tom – writes directly to you not not us not us it's to you buddy have you ever seen a coach that invests and genuinely cares for the success of his peers at his school and other sports 
the way that Coach Norvell does? That's a good question, and the reason he's asking that, I think, is because Norvell has been so active, not just on social media, yeah. but, man, he's sitting out there at those softball games. It ain't just like to stop by and wave. Mm -hmm. He sits at those softball games. There's also a couple of cool moments, I thought, um, during basketball season, seeing him and his wife and daughter at uh, the women's basketball games, and then also there was a couple times where, like, you'd see him go reach out to, like, other coaches. Like, he seeks out times to go talk to Leonard Hamilton or, or to talk to Link Jarrett or wh whoever the coaches are, uh, Brian Penske, the soccer coach. I mean, it is a, again, man, it's not the reason you want Mike Norvell to be your head coach. It's not one of the top 20 reasons you want any head football coach. You want them to win games primarily, but if he can win games and then also have that kind of those relationships, it's a nice little cherry on top. And he is, he is sincerely interested in all these other teams at a level. Yeah. More than any football coach we've seen. I mean, Coach Bowden was sweet man, and everybody loved Coach Bowden, but he wasn't going hanging out at a softball regional. He'd go play golf. Yeah, and what it does is I think it just speaks to a, a bigger thing that people also enjoy, and that is that somebody cares about the university from which they work. You know, I, I think that's the big thing uh, for whom they work. I mean, I it, it, you as a fan or an alumnus or a supporter of any kind, booster, whatever it might be. It's refreshing because you, you don't deeply. see a lot of it. Yeah, and you care deeply about the Garnet. We're using FSU in this example. Obviously, you care deeply about the Garnet and Gold. It's nice to see that your football coach who's getting paid you know, six, seven, eight million dollars a year also seems to care about how the other programs are doing. And I think it's genuine or else you would – People wouldn't gravitate toward it as much. I've heard I've, I've heard a lot of people make mention of this, that Mike seems to be genuinely invested in other programs. He was I've, definitely invested. I was out there on Saturday and he was uh he was on the whatever that overhang is by the yeah. by the with the platform with the VIP people. And Kat Sandercott got out of a jam, I guess, on Saturday in that interminable game against UCF. And he legitimately stood up and goes yelled loudly, way to go, Kat. Like loudly, like yeah, like he does on pra on the practice field when he's yelling at somebody to run the right route. It was that same energy. So I I don't think it's just for show. And by the way, still a drop dead, handsome, good looking dude when you see him in person. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Stephanie is uh, happy you brought that up. <laughs> uh, quickly, we had a question in the chat. I'm trying to uh, now. I'm doing a trio, Ira. Now I'm 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 really I'm circle I'm circling around. I go Facebook, Twitter, check the chat. Facebook, Twitter, check the chat. Mm. Back to Twitter, Facebook, check the chat. This you could see be your Sandercock game right here. This is here. what I'm doing here. I'm trying to hold it down after a shaky start. We got out of the bases loaded jam early, yeah, we did. and now we're rolling, man. We now did. we're doing I'm not sure we trouble. got out of it. Yeah. I think a few runs scored. But we've rallied back. We've rallied back. And uh, and Wendy wants to know that some people say the SEC doesn't want us. Do you think that is at all true? I think there's there is a uh, there was a reality to that. Definitely 10 years ago. I don't think Florida wants us, but yeah. tough luck, buddy. Yeah, and I would say two <laughs> things changed. So 10 years ago, then that has been the mentality for a long time. And, you know, 10 years ago, that was the talk that the SEC has no interest because Florida's not going to let you in, just like South Carolina wouldn't want Clemson in. Yeah. The two things that have changed is, one, what they did to Texas A&M by bringing in Texas and basically saying, screw you, Texas A&M. Send them over. We don't care. I do. <laughs> We're bringing in Texas. Yeah. That happened. And then the other thing is the pressure from the Big Ten. And yeah. the idea that, hey, if you don't Wouldn't want to say, you know how people say they they're what is this stupid saying about I get madder when I lose and I get happier when I when I win. Like I I hate losing more but, than yeah, I like winning. Right. Yeah, I, I think I got it right. 
maybe the SEC doesn't want Florida State that much, but they really don't want the Big Ten to have them. Right. So that's that could be the driving force. They want they want the Big Ten not to have Florida State, maybe more than they need Florida State, but they really don't want the Big Ten to get Florida State and Clemson because yeah. you talk about a playing field getting level real quick. That does. And just to kind of the, explain kind of a little bit deeper in the reason for that and the reason where Florida doesn't want Florida State in and why some of those schools wouldn't want – they already have the, – the two things you really want when you have a school, when you expand a conference, is you want to go into an area where you can get more money for television rights in an area where you can get better recruiting access. So if Florida – if Florida's already in the state, they're yeah. already in the SEC, you, the perception is you don't need Florida State. You already have the TV sets. You already have the recruiting base. So, you know, whereas a Virginia might be more attractive or North Carolina might right. be more attractive where you don't have those two things. But where things are different now is – you don't want the, the the SEC schools don't want the Big Ten coming in here either because now if, if Florida State were to go to the Big Ten now those schools would have access to the TV sets and the recruiting base that right now they don't have so if you could monopolize it by getting Florida State now the Big Ten if Florida State went with the SEC the Big Ten would definitely be more interested in Miami at that point because that would get them in the state so that part of it is is going to be there's some jousting going on it's a fascinating idea that the Big Ten. It'd be in Los Angeles and Miami. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. Uh, and it would have 20 schools in it and just, still call itself well, the Big Ten. And I think we're just moving in that direction and, and that we're sitting here watching the Pac-12 fall by the wayside. All of it does kind of make you sad. I mean, uh, it, it, it's hard not to be kind of sad at where college football is going, but you also can't be in denial as to where it's going. Sean writes, I was born in late 1977, which means that every year I've been on the planet, FSU baseball has made the postseason. If you're 45 years or younger, you can also state and make that boast. I think that demands a moment of pause to appreciate the length of that excellence, also to appreciate how fortunate we've been as FSU baseball fans to have enjoyed the kind of success that we have for as long as we have. Brighter days are ahead. See you in Omaha one day soon, I promise. Elite headliner, Sean. It's not a question, but it is an observation. Sean. Hey, what a finish to the season, though, gang. Yeah, they did. I mean, they they did continue yeah. to play hard. I mean, it, they bought into Link's messaging at least. I mean, that that's Tough what it does. For, all Louisville had to do was win two out of three against the worst team in the conference, and they got they would have gotten to the ACC tournament, and they couldn't do it. Oh, but so alas, cool. it is a weird. Yeah. Se- you know, somebody texted me yesterday, and they were like, "So baseball's just done, done? Like they're there's that's yeah. it, chilling." Like, Kind of how it works, man. You, uh... Chris points out, though, before we break, that FSU baseball may have missed the postseason for the first time in forty-five years, but. They did win the last game that they played in a season for the first time in 45 years. And yeah. that's why Link was hired. <laughs> Link was hired to win that last game. He did it, baby. He's already done it. He's probably getting a year. bonus. I mean, maybe he had that in his contract. If you win your last game, you get a hundred grand. He's out on the links, boozing it up with his extra money. <laughs> Seminole headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV continues in a moment. MLB is finally back in full swing with my bookie, and that's going to be your one-stop shop. For all your betting needs, wide range of betting options, including money lines, run lines, totals, and futures. MyBookie gives you plenty of ways to bet on your favorite teams and players. You can also take advantage of a new MyBookie money bag profile, which gives you the chance to secure a bet on your favorite team or player at insanely boosted odds. Sign up today at MyBookie. Use promo code WARCHANT to secure a first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. It's simple. Deposit $200. Play with $300 instantly. Just use promo code WARCHANT. To claim your bonus. So if you're a baseball fan looking to add to even more excitement to the new season, look no further than my bookie. Sign up now. Get ready to experience the thrill of baseball betting like never before. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. 
Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Let's keep it rolling. Michael writes, I've seen a couple articles saying Norvell is now king of the portal. My question is, what do they mean by now? Seems like he's been the king for a while. Is it the national media just waking up, or is Jermaine Johnson a figment of my imagination. No, I, I think most have recognized that that Mike is elite, but uh, there are others that uh, do a good job in the portal as well. But I think I think Mike has most consistently won uh, that title. I don't I don't think it's well. And as good as Jermaine was, right? They went five and seven. So you can't really you pronounce yourself the king of anything if your team doesn't have a winning record, doesn't go to a bowl. Now it's he's hitting in the portal at a really high rate, and they're a very good football team. Jason wants to know, can JT and will JT throw for 4,000 yards this season? Um, and he and he gets into some of these games and champion, ACC championship game, bowl game, assuming 14 games, all of that. Yeah, he could, but I don't know that he will. Yeah, I actually just wrote a story. There's a story on Warchant.com about looking at Norvell's quarterbacks the longer they're in his system. And really, every quarterback he's had, and it stands to reason you get better as you get older and more experienced, but it's really re- remarkable when you look at the quarterbacks going back to his Arizona State days and certainly in Memphis, from year one to year two, they make a big jump. And this is kind of like year two and a half. This is like year one and a half for Jordan. You know, he didn't start all of the year before. He, he started eight games, split times with McKenzie. Even when he was starting, some of those games McKenzie ended up coming in, so Jordan didn't finish them. Last year was really his first full year as a starter I think you may see another jump for him, and I think we saw signs of that in the spring. I thought he looked better in the spring than he did at any point the whole year before. I thought so. so I think threw, his numbers could go up. He threw for 3,200 yards last year. Obviously, yeah. that didn't include a championship game. If they get there, he also missed a half of football against. Well, he missed more than a half because they were beating so team so bad. And he wore a but, hat for half the, the second half of those blowouts. Jeff was talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, so kicking, Syracuse yeah. he threw for 155. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette, or I guess, is it just Louisiana now? Is Louisiana. Saying? Sorry. Uh, 112 yards. You know, they, he threw for 181 against NC State, which they could have used more there. But like uh, 202 against Miami on 10 completions. He only threw, he only completed 10 passes against Miami and only completed nine against uh, Louisiana. Obviously, I think if you have a player that's in the Heisman hunt, you're probably going to give him a few more bats than 10. Uh, and he's going to throw for more than 100 yards. In, in but they're going to blow a so, lot of teams out, and they're going to yeah. run the football very effectively. I just think that's what will hamper him more than anything out, else. He could get there, though. It's not out of the realm to think he could he could average another whatever that would be. Depends on what teams want to take away. Here, 50 or 60 extra yards a game. I think they could maybe do that. I'd love for defenses to stock up against the run, and then he gets one-on-one. Yeah. yeah, then he could light it up. But it just depends on what defenses want to take away. Marty writes, hey, fellas, what is uh, what is first half of FSU football that is – oh, what's the first half of FSU football that has made you the most frustrated? He writes, two come to mind for me, the first half in the 2016 Ole Miss game, give up 28 points, and Dalvin fumbles out of bounds. Then last year, the second half against NC State where we could not get anything going. I appreciate you all. Corey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first here because I have a feeling you're going to jump on this as well, maybe the same game. The 95 Virginia game on the road where we just decide to throw the ball uh, 100 times as far as we could throw it. It's the <laughs> yeah. Jeff Bowden special offense over and over and over again. And then in the second well, remember half. remember that that team didn't have a really good running back. No, so not at all. They were forced yeah. to yeah. throw it. Imagine that. They were yeah. forced to throw it. Yeah, so 
it was so aggravating. Then in the second half, we run the ball, and Warwick Dunn's going nuts. And uh, you're like, hey, imagine, wouldn't be in a position where you're about to lose a football game for the first time ever in this conference if you just bothered to have some balance in the first half. So that, 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 that one. He that threw, one. Uh, I remember it, he was, I think he was, I know he threw 68 passes, Cannell did. I think he was 33 of 68. I'm still Imagine pissed. a game with 35 incompletions. And you're five, you're four, where are you, one inch away from winning the game? Anyway? Well, if he had run the yeah, ball, you'd have blown him out. And they hadn't even worked on the play where you, the receiver bats the pass down like Burt Reed. Like, that wasn't even part of the offense. <laughs> they saved that for Virginia, like, yeah. whatever that was, 16 years later. Virginia had no idea that was coming. I would still say the probably the most frustrating half, and I think many people watching and listening to this would agree, is 2012 second half against yeah, NC That was going to be mine. All-time yeah. frustrating half. Tie on the list. The, the one last year against NC State. The second half last year against NC State is right up there with it. But holy moly, that yeah, one I think that the, the early on in the second half, you're like, okay, man, there's a chance they're going to blow this freaking game. And then by the fourth quarter, and then into the fourth, I'm like, okay, they're uh, they're going to lose this game. All time frustration. Uh, Anthony Midget, Ira, go. Jonathan wants to know what's the deal. Yeah, so uh, Mike Norvell, it's not official yet, but uh, on three, Matt Zenas, one of the national reporters for on three, reported that uh, Mike Norvell is going to bring in Anthony Midget in an on off the field role. Uh, again, this is just one of those you know hires that they make where it's you only get to have ten assistant coaches that can actually coach on the field, but a lot of schools are building up their support staff. Florida State's done that. You know, they brought in Corey Fuller. They brought in several scouting analysts. They've had they've got se- several analysts on both sides of the ball. This is another one on the defensive side of the ball. A guy that played in the NFL, has coached in the NFL. He was a position coach, coaching the secondary for the last four or five years in the NFL. So it's a nice guy to have. And, and also it's a nice position where if maybe two years down the road, if you if you lose another assistant coach, maybe you, you move him to on the field. So looks like a really smart hire by Mike Norvell. I thought that was thorough, and I knew you'd go there. Ira, well done. Gil Wright. By the way, the uh, women's golf team lost to Wake Forest. Yeah, because they missed a three-foot putt that would have won, and then they lost in extra holes. It's uh, not cool. Gil Wright. I I would like if uh, one of the golf programs that's been very good for a number of years would go ahead and uh, win one of these things. It's allowed. The men have a chance. Uh, Let's go, Trey. Come on now. Gil writes, I don't think enough is being said about ESPN and the ACC. If the ACC dissolves, then so too would the ACC network. You all touched on it a little bit, but it would not surprise me to see us in the Big Ten. ESPN will be so pissed at us for dissolving their crappy network. Well, Gil, I I, I, I don't know, man. I think we should look at this in another way. ESPN is probably controlling that conversation as opposed to FSU. I mean, who's pulling the strings here, FSU or ESPN? Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on where they go. I mean, ESPN would not want FSU to go to the Big Ten. Um, Correct. And, then, you know, they did. And that's one of the things that, you know, John Swafford would talk about all the time and Jim Phillips talks about is the fact that the ESPN is a partner. They're a 50-50 partner in the ACC network. And that's, yeah, okay, fine, except for the fact that – and I asked Jim Phillips this last week. I said, you talk about them as being partners – but they're actively playing. They're actively paying other conferences more money, a whole lot more money. Yeah, than, man. And, I, and I'm not saying that the ACC schools deserve as much, but I am saying that if you're investing in the this league and you it matters to you how this league does, you have to understand that this league is going to be crippled by the disparity in the in the in the payouts. Don't you I came think, up with a great? Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. Really quick, sorry on that point. Doesn't it sound like you know how people get brainwashed? and then they just regurgitate the thing that they were told to say over and over and over again. I feel like that response, every time I hear it, 
is what they were told when they were putting the network together. We are partners in this. We are so glad to partner with you. 50-50 partnerships, this is where it should be. And that they were reminded that they were 50-50 partners repeatedly as they had growing concerns with overwhelming evidence all around them that that partnership wasn't going to get them a hill of beans. It was going to lead to a whole bunch of ass kickings. What's it matter if we're 50-50 partners and broke? Man, go to hell with that 50-50 partner yeah. nonsense. I'm dissolving my 50%. You can suck it. I'm out. And, they, and they're and they oh, no, but we're 50-50 partners. As if that's a thing that matters. Go to hell. Amen. Stop, Amen, re- stop reiterating so that nonsense. Thinking, don't they do these look-in things, Ira? You know more about so, that stuff. So what? here's the deal. So they were supposed to be look-ins. There was a, at least one look-in. I know from when I, John Thrasher gave me the date um, of one, and I think, they, I think ESPN looked in and was like, oh, it looks good to us because <laughs> – I don't think he's – and I asked Jim Phillips last week. I said, are there any more look-ins where they might reevaluate that? And he said, uh, not in the immediate future. So, basically, right. I think they have looked in, and they've said, okay, it looks good to us. <laughs> have a nice so day. So, what I think, if you could somehow finagle a way where you, you convince Jim Phillips, look, we want to stay in the ACC, just like Offord said after the yeah. meetings. Can't like, wait. We want to stay. Here. We're we thrilled stay here. Forever. Thrilled to stay. Um, you convince them you want to stay, but we have to restructure this contract. Get us out of this contract, and we promise we'll stay, but you have to get us closer to the SEC and Big Ten. And then as soon as they dissolve the grant of rights to renegotiate the new contract, that's when you bounce to the Big Ten. Say, sorry, we were kidding. Like, remember when Carlos Boozer did that in free agency? He was he had one more year left on his deal with the Cavaliers, and the Cavaliers were like, look, we'll make you a restricted free agent because Boozer was like, look, I'll sign with you all tomorrow for six years and $40 million. I just read up on this. For six years and $40 million, if y'all restructure my contract, so I don't have to get 700000 And like, okay, yeah, sure. So they made him a, re- a restricted free agent. The next day, the Jazz signed him for six years and $70 million. <laughs> <laughs> And the Cavs are like, go Dude, screw you. You talk and, about and, the okey-doke getting pulled by an agent. I mean, that's brutal. I, it's awesome, though. What a great move for Carlos Boozer. It's $30 million. But he told them, apparently, he told them, yeah, man, I promise. I'm not going anywhere. Just restructure my deal. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's going to work. I just, I, just had, I, just ima- I just had an image of Alfred running down the hallway of the Ritz-Carlton going, I pulled the Boozer. <laughs> they fell for the Boozer. <laughs> These dumbasses. He's a Duke guy. <laughs> with the irony. Uh, Jake wants to know which reserve linebacker will have the most impact in 2023. I'm excited about uh, Omar Graham, but I think Lundy. DJ Lundy's the answer. Yeah, but I, but I'm, I'm kind of excited about Omar Graham. Uh, FSU plays rights. When you started this show in 2010, did you ever expect it to last this long? Didn't we have a question like this before? Um, how quickly did you realize the show was a hit? And what's the most frustrating part with working with a diva like Corey Clark? Uh, we could start there. Ooh. That's an oh, easy yeah, one. Y'all, y'all could, that'd be the rest of the show. No, <laughs> It's not frustrating. We just let him do it, and we just let everybody laugh. Yep. Hey, Corey's from his. Corey's not in town again. Guess we have look to at look, look at, at a screen. Yeah. As far as uh, when we started the show, I don't know. We, none of us envisioned how long it was going to last, but we. I think we just all liked it. Like we yeah. liked doing it, and then we would hear from people that you know. And it was funny. We were at uh, Aslan. And I were at the softball uh, tournament this weekend, and a young a guy came up to us and said, "He's in his forties now. Okay. I think. I think right. he's in his forties. I'm mm-hmm. going to age you, buddy. But he said he grew up listening to it. And Aslan's like. Come on, man! You didn't grow up listening to, but he was, but he's from Tallahassee. He's listened to it for a long time. Yeah, he's, he grew up listening to you, Jeff. 
Well, you know, and he, he, did, he was not 29 his... years old, and you just mistook him for in his 40s. He might have been in his 30s. Hey, it happens. I don't listen so good. I, mean, I don't remember that I saw Jessica Warren make the the greatest play in crazy. Do you remember the uh, Kelvin Benjamin catch? Who were you at yeah. that game? Did he play at FSU? You know, yeah. when we won the national championship in 2013, <laughs> it was an amazing moment. <laughs> yeah, you were there, Ira. That the, was not against Duke in October. Man. Yeah, the bus ride over to the stadium was incredible. I remember that. Yeah, you remember that one? And Corey and I sat next to each other. You remember that, Corey? Yeah, yeah, and then I uh, I was on the show the next day for a little bit because you were broadcasting from the hallway. Yep, from the oh, hallway, hallway but there the in Newport about Beach. When we started the show, uh, this show, you know, Ira and Jeff had had a 10-year relationship or whatever it had been because you've been coming on his show forever. Yeah. I had probably hung out with you, Jeff, I would guess twice before we started the show. Like, I didn't – and I'd been here for a couple of years. I had run into you a couple of times, and we I think we went to, like, a dinner with Bob Thomas one time. Yeah, we got along, I think I, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think I'd hung out with you two or three times total. And then, uh, uh, you know, you're going to be the best man of my wedding. Yeah. Sorry, Ira. You, you're going to be the ring bearer. I just had about being invited. So all I remember is that, and I'm arrogant about radio because I know I'm very good at it. So mm. I remember thinking, this is a good show. So it was over once I'd thought that. I knew it was a good show. I was right. And that was the end of it. We were going to continue to do that show. And once we got Jim Lamar's coughing ass out of the studio, we were destined for greatness. And I say it with all the love in the world, Jim Lamar, who's coughing somewhere listening to the program right now. Jim Lamar changed my life. Jim Lamar changed my life. (laughs) Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. MLB is finally back in full swing with my bookie, and that's going to be your one-stop shop for all your betting needs. Wide range of betting options, including money lines, run lines, totals, and futures. My bookie gives you plenty of ways to bet on your favorite teams and players. You can also take advantage of a new my bookie money bag profile, which gives you the chance to secure a bet on your favorite team or player at insanely boosted odds. Sign up today at MyBookie. Use promo code WARCHANT to secure a first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. It's simple. Deposit 200 play with 300 instantly. Just use promo code WARCHANT to claim your bonus. So if you're a baseball fan looking to add to even more excitement to the new season, look no further than MyBookie. Sign up now. Get ready to experience the thrill of baseball betting like never before. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Got the uh... – Oh, I'm sorry. I hit the wrong button. Go ahead. Come on, man. Orioles are at uh, the Yankees starting tonight. Beat their ass, Ira. Beat need their to. ass. They need to. The, the last series didn't go that well. Braves lost to the Dodgers last night, Corey. They did. Freddie Freeman hit a three-run homer and had two other hits. That's always fun. To didn't see. he uh, used to play for you guys? He did. Oh, Ira, okay. thanks for bringing yeah. that up. Okay. It's fine. He Luckily, he's fallen off a cliff since he left. He can't. He's He barely hits the ball anymore. Uh, do you think Keon Coleman will be our best wide receiver next year? That's from Matt. I don't think so. I, th- I I'm still Johnny's still my guy. I'm still riding what with year Johnny. Year is Keon. How how was he a redshirt sophomore? I think he has two years. Yeah. What I remember. But was he a redshirt freshman last year? I believe so. I'm not sure. But either way, that was his first year of really competing. I think he might have been like a at that sophomore. level. The the point I'm trying to make is he did all that. Players get better. He might be like a. We have no idea. We haven't seen him, but he's obviously should improve from year one to year two, just like you think Johnny will improve and get better. But but if those if both those guys take another step, come on, man, you might have other than whoever Marvin Harrison Jr.'s partner is out there, you might have the best wider one two wide receiver duo in the country or close to it. 
I mean, that guy's a real good player. With Jaheim, with yeah, Trey, <laughs> Trey Benson, with Jordan Travis. And that's what, and I think that's that guy. We didn't talk too much about Keon Coleman before, but I do think what's significant about them getting him is I think the attraction of this Florida State offense with Mike Norvell calling the plays, Jordan Travis at quarterback, these other weapons, I think is how you get a Keon Coleman. It's a huge, I mean, yeah. it's a huge, huge deal. I think uh, I'm going to continue to repeat over and over and over again that the addition of Keon Coleman to an already fairly prolific offense just a year ago with an added you know, threat on the other side of Johnny Wilson to go along with those tight ends, with the depth of talent on the offensive line, the talent at running back, and obviously what we've seen Jordan Travis advance his career to now where he's a sure thing, means that Florida State will have a top five offense in the country, period. And there will be prolific numbers from week to week put up by somebody within this offense. What we do know is that it changes. You know, they never ran the same exact scheme week to week last year. Some teams they knew they could exploit just running a freaking counter. See Miami. I mean, mm-hmm. they could just do whatever they wanted over and over and over again. Other teams they knew they had to throw the ball in order to open things up in the run game. I think they're going to be able to exploit defenses any way those teams want to play it. And I think it's a nightmare if you're facing Florida State next year if you're a defense and an opposing defensive coordinator. I'd hate that matchup because if all else fails and plays break down, the quarterback's going to run for 27 yards and get down, and it's first and 10. Real quick, just want to give a shout-out to Darren Hill in the chat. I think he might be behind on the live show, but he threw out there the uh, for, for the worst halves, for most mm. frustrating halves, 2019 versus Boise State. That's, that's up there. That second half? Oh, the second half. The second Absolutely. half. I mean, good grief. Yeah. yeah. And it was one. hotter than Hades. I was sitting in the stands for that one. Well, yeah, remember the team got dehydrated. And that was so frustrating. Yeah, but it wasn't because of the no, water. No, it wasn't because of that. Yeah. But that was so frustrating yeah. because not only did you know, not only because it was you're losing that game, but I think if you if you had any doubt about how it was going to end with that regime, that probably – The uh, pain. Oh, that was so bad. Over and over. They made that kid look like he was the next coming of Jameis, a quarterback. Yeah, He went on to be average in his career, yeah. but, boy, they walked out of there thinking he was Jesus. That was awful. So I've heard you talk about – this is uh, Panama Noel. heard you talk about conference realignment, but if you had to create your own 10-14 to 14 team conference with any current ACC, uh, Pac-12, or Big 12 team, who would it be? What would it look like? Hmm. Hmm. So I'm going to take a Big 12 team, and I'm going to take a Pac-12 team, and then put together the rest – so what we're doing here? I mean, I can pick. Oh, you can like, take as many mix, as you want mix from and the Pac-12. I want Arizona State. Well, I, I want Arizona State, always... Washington, Oregon. I'd like to go play uh, at Palo Alto and Stanford, uh, Utah. Utah. Sure. Did Colorado get an invite? No. I mean, that's a nice place. No, they're not coming. They're not coming. Utah barely gets in because they're uh, well. They're pretty dominant. Like a dry state, right? Like well, they you can't also even drink caffeine there. They also continue to win the damn conference. <laughs> I know. I would say ACC. It's it's uh, Clemson, Miami, probably North Carolina. You wake, punt them into the sun. You never have or want to play them again. Vitek. No. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, well, you don't think so? It's washed a cool up. tradition. It's over. They sing Metallica before the game, and everybody yeah. hops around. Very irrelevant. Uh, Big 12, anybody from the Big 12? The current version, well, Oklahoma's there one more year, so I'd take Oklahoma. I'd take Texas. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think you <laughs> get to take Oklahoma. That's the spirit of the question. <laughs> uh, so what remains of the Big 12? I'd take TCU. Uh, I don't even know I'd do that. I would. I'd take TCU. Oklahoma State? Nah, I'm not going out to those cowpokes. UCF? Nope. What about 
what about would you take like so if we're projecting markets and size and all that, do you take a Houston? Do you take a, a Baylor? Do you think you know? I mean, Baylor's no way no, with Baylor. No. no chance with Baylor. No. Houston, maybe you could talk me into Houston or maybe TCU because of the markets. Right. Um, Baylor, no chance. Okay. Texas Tech, no chance. Kansas State. You don't want to go to Waco and hang out? <laughs> no, no. It's always. I don't know why. It's like something happened like in my childhood that uh, made Waco kind of this weird place in my mind, and it's always you don't know, you don't know why. Yeah, I can't I can't put a finger on it. It's also seven thousand degrees, and it would be a yeah. That'd be a toughie. It's a tough one. You could you could come up with a competitive Florida State and Clemson and Oregon and, I, and Washington Arizona State. That's not bad. And I like Virginia Tech more than Jeff does. I think Virginia I Tech. Too. I yeah, think I'm, they've got. No, 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 no. Hold on. I like Virginia Tech just fine. You're I'm, always trying to kick them out. Well, they don't do anything yeah. for you. They're in a sorry market. They don't win. They're garbage. They're eh, they don't have anything but going the fans, for them. The fans oh, I love up. that they care. And yeah. I've been on that campus and had a game there. But it's just. I don't think they're. That's where you were behind the uh, uh, Reese Davis saying oh, suck at Clemson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you it was, flew up that night. It was crazy. Uh, Rob writes, gentlemen, happy Tuesday to you. I've seen so many journalists and pundits alike either a snidely question Florida State's position to challenge the ACC grant of rights, or b clearly, clearly lampooning Florida State's chances of doing anything to free itself out from the fourth place muck that we've grown so fat and happy living in. Question. What retribution off the field should be visited upon these arrogant, myopic naysayers? Well, Fair Ira question. had a chance to yeah. exert his authority just recently over there in the fine setting that is Amelia Island. You know, did you the take thing. David Hale out and slap him in the face? I did not I over did a not. drink. But you know, here's the thing: like two things. One is, I get the jokes. Like I get, I I, I get the idea that when you're not having success it comes across as weird that you're demanding more money. I yeah. get that on the face value, yeah. but it's just like not very intellectually accurate to not consider the fact of what you bring as a brand. That that part of it is relevant, and it's like they don't even acknowledge it. What Wake Forest does on the field doesn't freaking matter because they're Wake Forest. Let me look into the camera and tell you. They're Wake Forest. They could go 11-1, and one and it doesn't matter. They're not going to bring in more money to this conference. So stop saying that. I just wish they would stop saying that. Next time we're hey, in Charlotte, hey, which is soon, let's go in there like a gang. Let's go in hey, there ready to do, do some it. damage, guys. Let's do it. Let's go in there. Corey, it's an opportunity for you to wear a shirt in which you unbutton it down to your navel, which you want to do anyhow. I was thinking just a vest. Yeah. Like a vest a, and nothing else. Like and a like ass chaps or something, Corey? Yeah. You probably want to do that well, as we're well. We're not the village people. It's a look. Saying, it's, that's, a look it's a look you're going look. for. You've been trying to get attention. <laughs> Here you go. Assless hey, chaps and all, a vest. That's why I lift all them weights. Yeah. It's so I can wear assless chaps to ACC meeting Hey, days. if you wear the assless chaps, we'll let you lead. You go right into that beautiful hotel across the street from Bank of America. <laughs> I mean, I would dress like that before I wore. I, there's no way. Obviously, clearly, I would not do that. But I would. I you would sure? dress up. I, you I sure? would love to dress up. You take you shirtless up photos like of yourself dogs. and send them to your friends. But I'm with Ira, man. <laughs> like I, I get sick and tired of hearing that Florida State should just like their role. As if the ACC network wasn't created on the back of Florida State. Correct. And even then. 
Like, people make this argument like, well, what's Florida State done the last four or five years? Florida State was the best program in the country, and they couldn't get a network in this stupid conference. Corey? So don't act like Florida State's success on the field means anything. And with that, I'm going to wear the assless chaps There now. you go. Wear them. I've taught myself into it. And with that, I'm cutting your mic. We love you. Goodbye. That is the end of Corey talking for today. For Ira, I'm Jeff. Thank you, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.